are officially tuned in for the 32nd episode of our show with Kate and Jordy. Oh, wow. You took, you took the power from me this time. (laughs) The initiative with the intros. How's it going, girl? Um, you know, it's going, it's another, another month, another month gone by, my guy. Like what, where has the time gone? I don't understand. Um, we've been doing this show for a full year now. I don't know if we've come on like the air and said that. So it started from college radio and a full year later, we are on community radio online in los angeles promoting the miami sound also available for playback on spotify in case that interests you at all maybe if you're tuning in but you gotta go we got you covered just look up based miami uh, on instagram or based.miami on spotify and i think apple podcasts or what have you it's um and yeah, so 32nd episode, and we've got someone, someone who's quite a daze, honestly, like a... I think the, the really cool thing about this guest that we have today is we ever since I've started, you know, going to events in Miami and like just in, indulging the, the culture, his name is just in the most elusive, like cool events. Um, I think he has such an interesting art tied to him. And I'm super excited for him to come on here and tell us a little bit about his life in Miami and beyond. And I just get to chat with him. Should we introduce him maybe? I think we should. We should pull him out. Richie, are you there? Richie Hell? Aloha. Hello. Hola. <laughs> Yay. So you? we have Richie Hell on for our 32nd episode. Um, Richie, how are you? Where are you at? What have you been up to? Tell us everything. Well, I'm very good right now. Uh, I've been through a lot of different stages, especially through this last year, but I'm doing great. I'm actually now in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I'm still based in Miami, of course, which is my home. Uh, you know, born in Argentina, but I came six years ago to Miami. I'm, and now I, I went tripping for a couple of months and I'm really missing that endless summer and all the cool vibes that Miami has. And it's very strange how you, the minute you go outside of Miami, you start really appreciating oh, what yeah. Miami has for you. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm all up to Miami. Miami <laughs> is the only place. I, I mean, it. now that you're out of uh, South Florida, what what do you see different? As somebody who's not from the United States, I mean, I'm assuming you've traveled around the states, but like you know, maybe it's a little early to ask. But what is what does Miami mean to you? Like it, it, as a musician, as um, an artist, like what has Miami contributed to you as somebody who's moved six years ago? Well, first of all, as a music fan, I always wanted to come uh, to the States in general. And I had an idea of a lot of different cities, but I didn't know much about Miami. I came like twice with my family as a tourist, but I never had the time to really know the city. Uh, and I got married with my wife, which is my partner. and. Uh, my art partner, uh, an amazing artist. And we came to this adventure that was Miami. So Miami was our gateway to paradise. It was like the, this gateway that could that we could come to the States. And it was very friendly. 
at the beginning, I, I had friends from Argentina that were mm -hmm. based in Miami. But when I came to Miami, the first thing I noticed that most of my friends weren't taking the time to really know Miami. And I really like to get lost in the cities and take the time to know it. So I started uh, in the record store where I always start <laughs> to buy. I'm a record collector. I went there to Class. sweat records. Mm -hmm. And I was there and I, the first person I met yeah. there was Lola Reskin. So that was my second gateway. So the first gateway was coming to Miami, taking the time. The first year I rarely played here uh, in Miami because I didn't have the visa and I had to do all those things. But I took the time to really know the city and first going to buy records, going to shows, going to my first uh, Three Points Festival in 2015. And I was amazed for what I was finding. I was really surprised because lots of people were telling me in Argentina, other DJs, like, don't get Miami, get into your music or mm -hmm. like horrible things that, like that, because of course they didn't know Miami and everybody thinks it's like EDM, mm -hmm. World Ultra Party, Music Miami Festival, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. <laughs> and, but I really loved the music that was made in Miami. I didn't know anything about the oh, yeah. new local scene, but I really know uh, Betty Wright and a lot of Deep City Records and a lot of the music that was uh, made here. And I also knew that uh, it was very close to the Caribbean. I, I imagine I was, it was very similar to New Orleans, this like yeah. a melting pot of culture. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of people coming from everywhere and meeting here and starting all yeah. over again. So Miami was a gateway. It was much more friendly in many ways as uh, New mm -hmm. York or other big cities or even LA. Um, and it was uh, like a gateway to paradise. And also it was, uh, I don't know, it opened a whole new world for me. And also, I, I didn't know anyone. Here. You just moved here with your wife and you just didn't know anyone? Well, we knew people, but what I mean is that I didn't know any oh. any DJs, any colleagues, any fans. Yeah. So it was like starting again. In Argentina, I worked, uh, I started playing um, many years ago, but I was like too comfortable yeah. maybe i mean when it's uh, home and when it's like the people you know and the people you've seen forever like yeah you might get a little comfortable but if there's anything miami can make you feel it's uncomfortable <laughs> yes well, really that was great for me because i had to like start all over again nobody knew me nobody knew who richie was so it was like starting again it was a lot of work but i could reinvent myself so uh, it was like a relief because you're playing and your friends are not there, your cousins are not there, your aunt is not there. That's <laughs> different. Yeah. I mean, that's how I feel about like going to clubs. Like, if I'm going to a club in Miami, like I, I can't. I feel like I gotta, I gotta act a certain way or like, you know, how how do you say like be on my best behavior? But if I'm in a different city, it's just like you know, the boundaries are gone. Exactly, and. I, I came from a different background as the other like electronic music DJs. In Argentina, there's a big electronic music uh, scene, but also it's you have like the drum mm -hmm. and bass scene, the deep house scene, mm -hmm. the tech house scene, and they're all like very strict to what they're playing. And suddenly, I remember I was my favorite all-time favorite band was Iron Maiden. So I got nothing really? to electronic music, and my first experiences was going to, I, I met a new friend, which was a DJ, and he, we went to Pacha, mm -hmm. Buenos Aires, Clubland. And so I came to this new world, which was completely different for me. I was still wearing my Iron Maiden sweatshirt, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
uh, I started like messing around with and, and starting knowing this this new world for me within like from a different angle. And then I started DJing electronic music because first I was DJing all types of music, not caring about the BPM. Uh, the first gig I had was in an Irish pub and there I could play everything, uh, all types of music, at lo uh, especially, I don't know, Britpop and funk and soul. But I was like, uh, this, I think I was like disrespecting all the genres and mixing them in this melting pot and making my own genre. I mean disrespect because all the people there, especially the we're electronic music DJs, were very and You can do this, you can do that. That was uh, late 90s. I remember like DJs were God and they were uh, seen like as this very clever and very all wearing oh, yeah. black shirts and John Digwit. You couldn't tell John Digwit he mixed, I don't know, eight hours in a row. You couldn't tell if it was only one oh, yeah. song or, or all the And suddenly I was like making these weird uh, mixes and having fun with it. But I think that was, I still do that. Uh, that helped me a lot with my approach, I think. Your, your approach into Miami, making music or your approach into getting into the scene in Miami? Especially music. Yeah, especially into making music and especially into DJing. And I think especially when I came to Miami, that was what Miami gave me the most. I was going to ask um, about you and your wife and like why you moved here. Because you brought her up and how she's the artist and like who does the visuals. And obviously we had to do some light stocking before getting on this call with you. Um, and I see that she's a talented artist. And you guys, when you did the the, the Space Miami stream, she's credited in it uh, as the, the visuals, no? So mm -hmm. you guys moved here together from Argentina in what year? 2015. 2015. And how, like, so you, you tell this whole thing about coming to Miami and how different it is from Argentina, but why did you come to Miami in the first place? Well, I think we were lucky because we were both, uh, my wife was at a different stage of her career than me, but we were in the same point that after working many years in Argentina, I was too comfortable and maybe that comfort zone made me, made me lazy or because I was doing great as a DJ, but what I really wanted was to make my own music and especially perform it and do something different, something that perhaps nobody did before or trying to mess around and experiment especially. I couldn't do it in Buenos Aires. So we made a plan with Francisca. We talked one day, we were like in the middle of a crisis. <laughs> and we were talking about, I don't know what to do with my career or this or that, or, or I'm tired of playing these events. So we were about to get married. So our plan was we get married and we go to live someplace else. And her aunt had a house in Miami. Classic. She wasn't using it. <laughs> so, as South Americans, we said, wow, let's go there. And we were up to anything, really. And I wouldn't live in a city that didn't have culture, you know? So I, I wasn't sure at the beginning about Miami because I didn't know many things about Miami. Had you been before? Yes, twice, but, you know, like, with my family. When you, go, Miami, when you come here as a tourist, you really don't get much out of it, culture-wise, unless you know what you're looking for. So I get it. I, I think you don't get anything. Yeah. It happens with my friends. And even I tell them to go go to this place and this place and whatever, and I don't know, or they're not curious enough, or they don't have time, or you get lost in the in the beach, or or you have to you have to cross off all the the things from TripAdvisor, like 
go to oh, the yeah. fucking I don't even know the, the museum of ice cream or some shit and like Winwood, you know things that don't exactly. have any significance exactly so you start with all those things and then when you realize you have to go home and you have to buy stuff for your aunt and your cousin and your mother whatever uh, and I hate that and it's very draining so I didn't know much about Miami but Francisca, my wife, she had been before and she had seen this like shift in Miami, uh, like with Art Basel and the beginning of Wynwood. So she told me about this. I said, well, let's go. I have nothing to do. So let's go and reinvent ourselves. What was that scene like? Sorry to cut you off. I'm just curious about Argentina, if there's any similarities in like the, the nightlife scene or what the events looked like that you were, you were DJing. Well, Argentina has, uh, has a very, very big and important music scene, especially as fans. Yeah, I think the biggest fans, music fans in the world, <laughs> any band that goes to Argentina, they can't believe what they are right. seeing because they treat music the same way they treat uh, football, soccer, and the same way they treat going to mass. So it's like a big passion. The difference uh, with other South American countries is that in Argentina, the rules are not like Latin music or African music as other, as other countries. For them, it's all about rock and roll. For them, it's UK and US music scene from the 50s, 60s onwards. They're very big fans of blues, soul, funk, rock. And most of the, although most of the music that was made there, uh, most of the bands, they were like copying in a way and making their own, all that music. And so for me, I think it was very familiar with, the, with what I found here. Yeah. I mean, it's part of the, the inherent culture. I mean, that's why in the beginning when we were talking about Atlanta, I'm like, it's it's a, even for me, I, I mean, I obviously I grew up down here, but I'm originally from Venezuela. Like, it's low key still a culture shock when I go to places like North Georgia. And I'm like, I, for, I forget that the, the culture that we live in here is is not, it doesn't translate everywhere. There's nothing as rich I mean, there's places like New Orleans and stuff like that, but like Miami doesn't, especially for someone from South America or the Caribbean, like this is as close as you'll get anywhere else in the U.S. to like what your home is. Yes. And I got the chance to to, to appreciate again Latin music yeah. because in Argentina, growing up there, it was like like a bad word, Latin music. They, they didn't embrace it. So for me, it was like starting again with Latin music. Yeah. And now you have like influences of things like cumbia in your more current sounds. For me, it was... Like, 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 really, like a, like a miracle. It was like very good for me, like getting in touch with my roots and getting in touch with, especially with, because cumbia in Argentina. Yeah. It was like a bad word, especially for for electronic music DJs. It was something that they put in in places that it was awful. But then I found psychedelic cumbia, yeah, and that changes cumbia. everything. <laughs> changes everything. It's still embraced yeah. right now in the states too. It's like it's having a moment um, across all, all of popular music. Yeah, and so, instrumental. I'm curious how like you see that you see that that change in energy. Does Argentina have you know are they fans of the new the Rosalia and uh, just different type of popular Latin music? Yeah, nowadays, yes, and they're doing a lot of uh, from Latin trap to other Latin rhythms, big time. Uh, so yeah, I think now it, I think rock and roll is dead in Argentina, and Latin music is all over it. <laughs> so it's the completely opposite way. Uh, um, how about we let the listeners hear a little bit of your earlier sounds, like this beta band bootleg that you did of the house song, which you said was your first ever release, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's yes. let's give it a listen. 
Yeah, what we're going to listen now is uh, a remix I made for the Beta Band, the house song. And I still remember when I was listening to that song in my headphones, I was walking around in, in Buenos Aires, I listened to that song, and that, that was the cue of music that was electronic, that was like a heavy trance, but still psychedelic, super rock and roll. And I think Manchester, the Manchester scene was what made me believe that I could uh, make electronic music and I really loved it. And that was the first thing I made in music. What year did you put this one out? 2013. Wow. So this is pre-move pre to Miami. Yes, this is before I moved to Miami. So let's, let's give it a listen and then we'll hear your post-moving to Miami music and we'll discuss accordingly. Hey, I'm Richie Hell and you're about to listen a remix I made for the Better Band. It's called The House Song and you can listen to it on Based Miami on DubLab. Sing a song and you know you run out 
Black Mambo, did that come out a similar time as um, when you were working with the Faena? Well, I first came to Miami and it actually came a couple of months before I was working in Faena. Um, I still wasn't playing in Miami. So it was very strange because I moved to Miami. I was, I finished that EP here and it, and I released it and I still wasn't playing here. So I was like an outcast from my hometown and I still wasn't based in Miami. I was like in the middle. You were a nomad. And I was a nomad, I still am. <laughs> and that was actually that first song, uh, Black Mambo was the first I did as Richie Hell and my first own track. And it was the first song that I, that I sang because I'm not a singer. I had never sung. So those are your vocals, right? Those are my vocals. Oh. If you're um, somebody who's never sang before, I mean. It sounds really good. Who influenced you to, to sing on that one? Like, or you just want to try it out? I was working with a producer, uh, Gertz, and we were making this track, Black Mambo. And suddenly he told me, why don't you sing? And I said, no way. But I think it, like, it came naturally. It was like, uh, I, I received this energy or whatever. And I, one minute from another, I was just scribbling in a piece of paper, these lyrics. And I started singing. And we recorded that same day. I wrote those lyrics. And I was already thinking of Miami. So I think it was already influenced by this black mambo that Miami had. Yeah. Where, where did you record that one too? I'm just curious, like, you know, you found this producer that did this project. Where did you guys set up and where, where was your um, station during that time? I was in Buenos Aires, uh, about to come. We were getting married and we were about to come to Miami. And we were in his studio in Buenos Aires. He has a little studio, which was great because it was just the two of us and it was very intimate. And we started recording it. And I think a week later than that, I recorded the, the lyrics for When I Get High, <laughs> which uh, I found it harder, but also in the, I got it in the first take, not because I'm good, <laughs> but because it came natural. And I started playing with this and it was, I think, the same process. I see my, my music as mainly instrumental, yeah. Uh, but sometimes it likes okay, this can go with a with a lyric or whatever. You, most of uh, your your music is very. Um, it reminds me of like the Nicholas Jar, like Nicholas Cruz, Nicola Cruz type stuff, where it has like the one super eerie, sultry lyric repeated, and it just it hypnotizes you, like those kinds of lyrics. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> It's really funny. I was talking to our dear friend, David Sinopoli, about you. And the first comparison, the first like way to describe was just like, think Nicola Cruz. And that's Richie Hell. Like, that's his vibe. And I was like, okay, understood. And once I finally got around to like listening to your music, I was like, I 100% understand. It's like this whole psychedelic, slow burn. But like, at the same time, you have like the the South American roots, the drums, like the beat, the all of that kind of stuff. It's very Burning Man-esque almost, if that makes any sense. Spiritual even. No, I like what you tell me and, and I'm still learning who I am because I have my influences come from very different parts. Iron Maiden is still an influence for me and it's very far away to what you were talking. You yeah. know? Sometimes the influence comes from a mood or and at the same time I see Nicola Cruz or Nicolas Jar. I see them, wow, these guys are super, super talented. I'm like light years uh, from different from them. Oh, you you but, think so, but that's not the case. <laughs> but but at the same time, thank you. But at the same time, I, I really relate to them, especially in the attitude and how they address their shows. Even uh, some in some places, like crowds are like a distraction. You know, it, it was like very strange for us to 
to play last year to an empty band shell with all the band. And that was our best show because we were only thinking of connecting with us and possibly if we connected very cool with us, we we're going to connect with the audience. Right. But when I, when I saw their shows, Nicola Jarre and Nicola Cruz, I felt very related to that because at the beginning people can say, oh, he's like too cool or he's, but they're in their zone. And for me, trying to connect with that trance or that mantra is what makes my my, my show better if, if I can connect uh, that day to that, you know? Yeah, I feel you. I can definitely see it in your music as well. And as we go through the show and as we listen to the music, it's worth noting to the audience that we are listening to Richie's projects in chronological order. So what you'll be hearing next would be two tracks from the Black Mambo EP that he was just talking about. And then we'd be listening to Lost River and Good Moaning from the Future Blues EP. And I wanted to ask you, speaking of blues, that's something that I feel like you haven't really touched on, but I've felt it in a bunch of your songs. You have like all of these different pieces from super distinct genres and you just stick them together, um, including blues, which I find uh, really interesting. How do you manage to balance all of that and put it into like a DJ set or like a track, for example? Well, I'm a very big fan of blues. One of my reasons to come here to the state was to find all these lost gems that didn't arrive to Argentina. Uh, I think of all the, the the genres that were born here in a way, uh, blues was my favorite. But as I told you before, sometimes it's the, the mood that relates or connects everything because I really like blues, but it's like very far away from a dance floor, you know? But yeah. at the same time, I really like that, that, that bluesy, uh, eerie, and very uh, heartfelt feeling. The first time I introduced blues to my music, I think, was uh, one of in the future blues EP. I don't have a blues track per se yeah. there. Well, not in that one anyway. That one, maybe that came later. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, I really, I really like blues because it resumes how I feel about music. Also, all this heartfelt thing. Uh, all this drama and at the same time the devil blues which was for me the same as listening to heavy metal and all this mystique well i think the the difference between black mambo and the future blues project is you know you're just shifting more and more into you know what you're, you're influenced by and what you enjoy listening to but at the same time it just feels very natural and you're trying you know new things with your sound um i think we should play both of those maybe back to back so listeners can get a taste of what we're chatting about here Let's do it. Hey, I'm Richie Hell, and we're about to listen to two tracks of my first EP, which is called Black Mambo. And the two tracks are Black Mambo and When I Get High. And you're in the best radio show from Miami, and it's called Based, and you're listening to Dub Love. <laughs> Thank you. 
We are back. This is based Miami on Dub Lab. We're here with the magnificent Richie Hell, who has been in Miami since 2015 and kind of taken over the scene. Um, he came from Argentina and we're listening to different projects he's put out throughout the years. You've just got a taste of the Black Mambo EP as well as a future blues EP. Um, Richie, do you want to tell us what songs we heard off that project? Well, uh, we listened to the Future Blues EP, which was the first one I released uh, in Miami with my record label. And we just listened to Lost River, Good Morning, and Come Back Home. So I'm very curious about the record label and, and you know how this project was influenced by Miami once you were here. Um, I know the first thing that you had mentioned when you came to Miami was going to Sweat Records and meeting Lolo. So was there just like a, an unmatched synergy where you guys just wanted to stay in touch and work? But tell us a little bit more about how that, that relationship formed. Actually, I think it was fate and it was magic because mm-hmm. We were there, and suddenly I saw I saw Lolo, which at the time I think her hair was pink and it was purple. No, it's purple. <laughs> well, now it's purple, but she very politely introduced to us, and she said, "Hey, I'm Lolo. Welcome." Because we had been a couple of times, and we were like already customers. But she introduced to us, "Hey, I'm Lolo. Welcome," and that was great. So we started talking a bit, and we started like going to the shows they were making and going to churches and different places. When I released the, the Future Blue CP, I made my first ever live show. Where did where was the live show at? It was Art Basel 2016, December, and I was working already working as the as the music curator of Faena Hotel. Mm-hmm. And I was organizing all the, the venues there. And we played in an outside part of the of the forum in Faena. Mm-hmm. So it was like all new. It was my first live show. It was the first time that Francisca was doing something with me. And it was the first time that we introduced the 12 feet high inflatable cobra. <laughs> Which that's your wife's work, right? Yeah. That was the artwork that she made for the future of Lucy P. And Lola went to that show. And, and I remember she was there and she came very early. She was very polite and very supportive. She bought the album. It had been, I remember then she made a post, which I couldn't believe, saying something like, hey, Miami bands, uh, take notice of this. This is how you present like, a, like an album with a matching pin. And she got everything from the start. And she was very, very kind because I was looking very up to her. For me, it was like, wow. Lola's a Miami legend. Like, I totally understand why you look up to her. She's, she's badass, to say the least. And I love that she started as a fan, too. Like, it just seems like she she understood what you were doing and, and felt a connection to it. That's a, that's a great way. Right. Totally. Yeah. And it started growing from there. So one day I invited her to my home. It was actually, I think, like a plan. <laughs> I, was, I was a couple of days before that in the beach and I was thinking, ah, what can I do? I, I, I want to get somewhere with my music. I want to, I have these all new tracks that I'm making. That was after the Future Blue City. I have all this new music I'm making in Miami, but I, I don't know much about the, the business and how to release it or whatever. So I invited her to my home. So the plan was, I'm going to tell her all the things I cannot do. So maybe she tells me that she can help me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so we started chatting and whatever. And she got it from the beginning. I, I told her what were my limitations. I was very honest with her. And she told me, okay, I can help with that. Wow. So what were your limitations, do you feel like, at the time? What were you looking for to, to like enhance your music? And maybe it was something post-release, but what, what were you really looking for in a team? First of all, I was looking for advice. I was looking for someone I trusted to to advise me, and um, at the same time, 
I don't know, like introduced me to people. I didn't know where to start because the it was USA is very big, you know. So I, nobody knew me. I started DJing Miami, but I wanted to really do this like seriously, you know, put my music out and get people to listen to it. So the first thing she told me, okay, you want to do this for sure? You have to send me an email with different things of, of how you see yourself five years and ten years from now. So now we are five years from there, you know. And now she's your manager and she's, you know, pushing you to your limit now. And she told me, you have to see this documentary first, first we talk. And if you're committed in this way, we can work together. So she told me to see the documentary about, I think it's called Supermensch, which is about uh, the manager of Alice Cooper and many other artists. Oh, yes. And, yes, I know you're talking about. And when I saw it, I said, okay, she really gets it. Because I, I had already previously to that talk to different like electronic music agents or record labels or managers. And I, I think they weren't getting it, the complete picture of why I was making music or what I wanted to do because they always want to change my, my side and take me someplace else or you start you need to start doing faster music or more uh, dance crowd music right. or whatever and I said no, I want to do this so she really got it and the rest was very easy just just for contextual purposes for the people who are listening um, and not to like fangirl or anything but Lolo uh, opened one of the most iconic and like important record stores here, Sweat Records, you know, she's like a cultural leader, even maybe I would call her. And I think she's on the the Florida uh, Recording Academy board. She just knows her shit. Like this is this is someone who you respect in Miami, in the music community. So yeah, you're really lucky to be working with her. It sounds like a dream. <laughs> yeah, and I'm really also very proud of myself because I could have ended working with anybody, even with people from Argentina or whatever. But my curiosity or finding like the, the perfect match for me, I think it took me further. And that was what I was looking yeah, for. That's so great to hear. And it's really you know, special to have a team that, that, that sees a vision for you. How would you say, you know, since you started working with her and with Sweat Records, like what has come out of the, the feedback from Miami? The whole Miami experience was before and after because I, I lost something that I had to lose. I wasn't the, the Richie from Argentina anymore. And I had to reinvent completely myself. And I think Miami was all about that. What surprised me a lot was the, lo the Miami community, how generous it was with me. Because nobody knew me here. And I started uh, playing a couple of like parties or something. And I got good feedback from people that didn't know me, that I admired because it was the first DJs I, I, was, I was seeing in flyers in Miami. And uh, they invited me immediately. Okay, I like what you do. Something very simple as I like what you do. I want to work with you. Because I was used to a very competitive and very jealous uh, music yeah. scene in my hometown, you know. And suddenly I received all this love. I was okay. I couldn't believe this and, and I loved it. And that was great for me because I lost all this like, uh, like burden. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Why. Like the, the pressure. I yes. mean, that's that's the special thing about Miami that I think gets brought up every episode is since it's such a it's not a New York, it's not an L.A., it's not Buenos Aires, it's not Berlin. Like we're we're still a baby community. So the people who are getting in it now and leaving their footprint now are building up the standard there. There are no rules to follow here because they haven't 
we just haven't done it yet. There's so much different shit going on that like no one's here to tell you like, oh, ew, we don't like that. There's literally there aren't enough niches yet for people to be like, no, that's already been done or this or that. People just do what they want to do and others just love it. That's just how it goes down here, it seems. Totally. I was very surprised uh, by that. Miami's just full of weirdos. Like that's the whole, that's the moral of the story. It's just a bunch of weird people here who will flock to, like, and I say this in the best way possible. People here just don't like follow, like, they. some people obviously do follow trends, like the Winwood people and like, you know, the, the, that squad is fine. But when you're talking about the actual cultural makers and like the people who actually do things for art and the community, the crowds are like an infinite combi combination of like, just weird people from all over with different interests, you know? Does that make sense? That's what, that's my fuel, I think. Yeah. For me, it's everything. The, the, the day I lose my curiosity, I better be dead because right. oh. I really Let's like- hope it doesn't happen. Yeah, and I really like that about Miami, how people, not only they were curious, but they came and actually told you that, okay, I really like what you're doing. And that, that way I, I made lots of new friends mm -hmm. and, and even colleagues and even people that had been here forever Miami and people that were bigger names than me and they told me hey man I really like what you do and that was like that was like like a big hug from Miami I received uh, <laughs> that's and so nice it became my home it became my home immediately when would you say um, Miami felt like home or like you knew that you were going to stay for the long run I think the first time I, I went back to Argentina that I had to work on my visa papers or whatever I was there. I really like Buenos Aires, but I lived like too long there. And the minute, when I got back here, when I arrived at the airport and you get out of the airport and you feel all that heat, you know, it's like... Oh, yeah, the, the humidity and the heat and the smell of the airport as soon as you walk out. And it's like it hugs you. Miami hugs you and embraces you. Yeah. Uh, I started also hanging with, with local DJs and local musicians. I don't know. It was like, I don't know if it was a specific moment, but... I don't know, when I, when I became friends with Lolo, which is the coolest, I say, wow, <laughs> Miami, this can be my home. <laughs> Miami trapped you. My, yeah, and then I began going to all these weirdo places. And yeah, what are your spots? Weirdos and like, what are your favorite spots in Miami? Like, where do you go um, to either play or to listen? Like, what are some of your favorite? Oh, I don't know, but I love churches, Las Rosas, I love Floyd. Of course, I, I love going to space, but I, perhaps I, I like more intimate places. I, I love the, the Banshell, which is, I think, my favorite outdoor space to play and to watch oh, bands. Yeah. Well, no, when I went to the Banshell and suddenly I went and, and Tortoise was playing or bands, like weirdo bands, I said, wow, man, they're bringing all these bands to Miami. And I was looking at the people and I said, wow, I feel like home. Oh, that's nice. that's <laughs> such a good moment, too. And, and since then, I feel like it's kind of clicked for you in the city because mm -hmm. you know you've been included in all of the the big miami music events Taina, three, you had three points um three joints three jo you're on the miami pop yeah. festival lineup i know it didn't end up happening and what was the other one it's like a the one that am i oh house of creatives mm -hmm. is there a favorite that you had or um my dream gig was always uh, three points i think oh uh, I, I hope it's, they're doing it this year i really hope they can do it Fingers crossed, baby. Yes, fingers crossed. I want to go back. <laughs> so I think that's my dream gig in Miami. And also the, the Banshell was also a dream gig because I saw many amazing bands there. And the vibe, I'm playing in the beach, but in a cooler beach. And I got to open for DJs that from Argentina were like very far away. I got to open for Quantic, it's just an example, or Lado Negro or whatever. Then before them, it was like a 
like a dream gig, you know, and, and suddenly talking to them as a colleague and then being like very respectful and say, oh, I like what you do. So that's nice when you realize that the other musicians are also like working guys, you know. I, I really like this thing, this intimacy that Miami gave me. And I was very proud of being based in Miami. And it happened to me also when I went to uh, different places or even New York and people were talking shit about Miami because they didn't know. Because they don't know. Hey, man, what? And it was all about, hey, man, what are you doing? You don't know shit, man. Miami is the shit. People just don't. You have to be a certain kind of person and have a, a very strong mindset and a clear idea of like what it is you want to get out of Miami. Because if you just come here, you know, you get lost in, in the sauce, as they say. You get lost in the beaches and the bitches and the pit bull and the live and Dude, whatever. Like you have to be innovative and, and create your own. You have yeah you have to be like a creator because, uh, if you if you go to what you usually want to be in a new york or la because you want to be a, you're part of the scene and just like follow the scene but like in miami you have to like kind of create the scene and be at the forefront so that's exactly. what i see in you richie like i think you've really taken the place by storm no one i think if i didn't have done my research i wouldn't have known that you're relatively new to the city it seems like you really made an imprint oh thank you thank you miami <laughs> <laughs> thank you miami do you think that you're going to be here for life or are you trying to see the world like what what do you think is in, in the future for you what I learned in the last few years, especially in the last years, is that I don't know anything. <laughs> I really know that, that I feel Miami as a home. And now I'm in, in Atlanta, and I'm really missing Miami. I'm missing that end of summer. I'm missing my garden. I'm missing the nature. That's missing so, everything. So the humidity. The humidity. I love summer now. <laughs> and now I go to other places, and it's like I, you have a little bit of cold. I'm like super cold. <laughs> I'm, I'm like a lizard, you know, now. Yeah, it's, if it's less than fucking 80 degrees, like, give me a sweater immediately. Exactly. <laughs> well, and yeah. what really got me, and, I, and I, I thought that Miami was my home, when, when, when I discovered that Iggy Pop was living in Miami. Oh, <laughs> classic. What the fuck, Iggy Pop, Harmony Corrine, all these guys are living in Miami. That's when you know. That's really funny. I say, wow. If that's not a sign, I don't know what is. They don't know. They know their shit. They've been living everywhere, and they can choose where to live, and they're choosing this giant weirdo melting pot right yeah <laughs> so let's try it so let's try it speaking of <laughs> trying it <laughs> um how about we talk a little bit about the gumbo limbo experiment and just the the name the gumbo limbo experiment what where does this gumbo limbo theme come from because i when we were doing a little research on you before we know that you had a, a was it a label that was the gumbo limbo music maybe yes you don't start it uh, walking around in national parks in florida because that's my between besides music that's my other passion it's uh, nature. nature so we were walking around with francisca and we we're walking around and seeing all these beautiful trees and suddenly we saw this one we particularly loved and we looked at the name it was the gumbo limbo tree I said, wow, what a cool name. This sounds like music. I don't know what is a gumbo, the limbo. It also sounded like New Orleans, the gumbo, which it also means gumbo is like a melting pot. It's like mix all the, the food you have and yeah. all these things from different, it's almost like, a, like an experiment, let's say. And I really like the name. So I had to release, uh, to release Future Blues. I didn't have a record, record label. So uh, we, I made my own record label, which was Gumbo Limbo Music. So I started thinking more about this gumbo limbo and I found out it was like a, they called it the tourist tree because it changes its skin like a tourist, it becomes like reddish, like people in the sun. And it's healing, yeah. 
So it was also about skin shedding. And for me, skin shedding was the main thing I did when I came to Miami. I tried it to, well, as the name says, it's an experiment, but I wanted to like really catch all these weird and very eclectic music scene from Miami. So I started like working on the tracks at the beginning as the same as before in my studio and working it by myself. Uh, my sister had recorded um, some of the vocals, but what we tried uh, to do was like capture this new band that we had, and we didn't know where to play that the environment was perfect for us. So we tried, so we started doing this Gambo Limbo experiments. It were the parties that I started doing with Francisca, my wife, and my sister Martes, which is the, she's the lead singer of, of most of the tracks or the female voices. Oh, what, and she's your sister? She's my oh, sister, so it's all about that's cool. family. And so we created this like unique party for us where we could experiment and do the fuck we wanted, you know? So we, <laughs> we found a, um, um, a warehouse in Little River, which was perfect. And we invited the people we knew and we did this party and it began as like an experiment, like an, a jam, you know? I was DJing, we were doing everything. Yeah. The host, we were assembling everything, the decoration, Francisca was the first time that she was doing visuals there. We, we wanted to try things and wanted to be not in a club environment where you have to sell drinks or be more fun right. or things. You wanted it to be an experience experience. And also, I love breaking rules. So we invited very eclectic people, people we, we met in different places, and we got them all there. And we did a party that was unique for us. And from that night, we got a lot of feedback also. And I think the difference between this album and the previous ones was that playing the songs live and see what what the songs needed, you know? Uh-huh. And, and then DJing them also in the club and seeing what the songs that the songs needed there. So we could like play live the songs for a bit. Uh, we did, I think like 10 parties or something like that. Uh, so I DJed before and then after the show because we didn't have much budget and we played in the middle and we started experimenting. Uh, one show we ended singing like gospel with the people, just a cappella. Other show, I don't know, we were inflating the cobra and doing these weird visuals and trying things. Between, between the visuals, the inflated cobra, the those gospel vocals, the blues song, the Alapata blues song, and No I Sol, all of these different sounds on this album, which I'm sure you encapsulated in these parties, or vice versa, you got the sound from the parties and brought it onto the album. Um, I think it's such a crazy and very accurate representation of A, the experience you've probably gotten out of Miami plus your own sounds, and B, your your work over time just being refined. I feel like this album from start to finish is kind of a masterpiece, if I do say so myself. I don't know. You have a lot of different little tidbits of Miami in this album, and I feel like if there's anything that somebody needs to listen to maybe to get a glimpse of like, a piece of Miami, this album may be it. Well, thank you for your words. <laughs> Give me another feedback because it was very strange for me to release the album, but I couldn't play it, I couldn't play it live. Only once with no audience <laughs> with the band. So all that we prepared, this album was made to be played live, you know? And hopefully yeah, all, this, all this big choir and all these big experiments. And we have a lot of new ideas to, to bring to the Three Points show. And it was all about that, you know? Like experimenting and jamming. Uh, and being free and I think Miami gave us that that platform I like to think of Miami as this like dark mysterious and like uh 
almost like mesmerizing mm -hmm. creature. And I feel like this album really kind of embodies that, yes. in my opinion. And I think that the visuals that go with it that your wife made are incredible. And I'm sure that our listeners are very excited to hear what we are raving about. We're going to be listening to the Gumbo Limbo Experiment, the whole project front to back. And like he said, it starts with No Hay Sol. I can't wait yeah. to watch you live. I feel like you put on such a great show and there's so much passion there. So we're looking forward to that. I think we got we to wrap it up, but. Is there anything you have coming up, Richie? Anything you want to promote? Uh, New music, perhaps? Yes. yes. Well, so after uh, all these years living in, in Miami, I, 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 I think I needed to start again um, in, in a lot of senses, you know, like have a clear mind and start again. So we are on the road for a couple of months now. I'm living with my sister and with my wife and my brother-in-law, who's also a musician. So nowadays we're working on a lot of new music, a lot of random different styles. And I don't know where I'm going to release that, where now, in what format I'm going to release that music or if it's going to be more dance floor oriented or more band oriented. Mm -hmm. But I think I needed this space and time to uh, like reset myself and start with a clear mind because there's... Shed some more skin. Yeah, shed my skin again. I think uh, Transcendental Meditation helped me a lot with this process and being able to clear your mind and, and start again from another different starting point uh, was, I think, the logical thing to do about after uh, all that I worked in the Gambo Limbo experiment. On one side, we are working on, on new music, and on the other side, I'm about to release. We are still waiting on a few remixes, but we're going to release the Gambo Limbo experiment re remixes, uh, EP, an album later. So through Sweat Records? Yes. Yes, sir. And so I'm waiting now on different remixes. I already have remixes by uh, Will Buck, which is a, well, a great DJ. We love Will Buck. Yeah, he's, he lives in Brooklyn, but I think he's also from Miami. Uh, he's a very dear friend, and I really like what he does. He's working on a remix for Revelations. Also, Charlie from from Soul Club, Lonely Sea. He's great. Then I got people from France, from Heartbeats Record, that are working on other remix in a completely different vibe. Um, and I have different other surprises that are working now. But I really had a, a very good like uh, feedback from our colleagues. So Richie, if we want to keep in touch with you and find out when these you know new projects and all of these things you're working on are going to come out, where could we find you on the World Wide Web? On the World Wide Web, you're going to find me on Instagram, at Richie Hell Music. Also, the same address in SoundCloud, as Richie Hell in Spotify, also. Uh, I'm selling my album and the merch in, the band, in Sweat Records Bandcamp. Sweat Records Bandcamp. We'll link all of these in the description of the show, just in mm -hmm. case anyone's wondering or if anyone, you know, is interested. Uh, anything else? Any other place we can find you? Miami, Florida, for example. <laughs> We are The Based Girls. You can find us at based.miami on Instagram and Spotify, Based Miami. We're a podcast. The logo's a globe. You'll find it there. <laughs> Such a pleasure. We love having you, Richie. Like, this has been... This has been a joy. I love all of your tangents and your stories. And I... a lot of artists don't like, have a lot to share. Like, you really stepped up to the yeah. plate. We really appreciate that. Yeah. No, thank really you for having, having a great time. Oh. We had a great time with you. I honestly can't wait to see you live and in action. Oh, I really want to play live. I'm missing all that. 
it's very hard Let's because sometimes, it. sometimes in the distance you feel like an ex-musician or an ex-DJ when you're when they're playing as a they take you that away from you and they say wow who am, who am I so you have your dates of course you're doubting everything uh, you have your dates you're missing everything but also you're it's great to find that peace and that like vacuum to start all over again and come back stronger no that's I think that's the main thing to come back stronger from 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 this and not like super tired and exhausted and hating the world yeah just keep just keep shedding that skin brother yeah keep shedding that You're skin so what are what are we about to indulge in or Jordy were you gonna say something I'm just gonna say that he has such a light to him like I don't feel like you're you're jaded by like the whole music game I feel like you're inspired by it and that's great to hear especially being in LA when a lot of people are like desensitized to being in music so I want to cheers to that well first of all I'm into this because I'm a music fan if I have to introduce myself my, myself first of all hi I'm Richie I'm a music <laughs> fan so projects what the first thing I do is like I, I try to tune in with my fandom you know so nowadays I'm trying to tune in what what took me here to this love of music uh, at the beginning you know this going to the record store didn't know what to find learning firsthand from the people that know reading all magazines watching documentaries and I, I think I do it because I'm a music fan and I have a responsibility I think with with the music god <laughs> To, because there's many, many music out there. I think I have a responsibility. It's like the garbage in the world. You, you, can't, you can't have 10 kids. There's no room for it. <laughs> you, you, it's like, unless you are Innovate, which I love the music they make, and they, they made 77 tracks last year. <laughs> I don't know how they did Yeah, that. no, they're machines. <laughs> they're machines. <laughs> uh, it's like, I, I, I try to, to connect with this fandom, especially, and this love for music. It's what motivates me. And music still makes me cry to, to this day, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. On that note, let's play um, the album, your most recent work. If you're able to intro that, your last intro, you could say some goodbye. But cool. Yes, thank you so much, Richie. We're, we're excited to see what comes. We're excited to yeah. We're excited to see what comes from you in the future. We're excited to see the outcome of this show, and we're excited for you to come back to Miami. You too, Jordan. Um, yes. Come to LA. <laughs> Hey there, my name is Richie Hell. We're listening to Based on Dublab FM. And we're about to listen to my new album. It's called The Gumbo Limbo Experiment. And the first track is No I Sol. And always the first track in, the, in my albums is like the, the mood setter. And living in Miami with all that light that we have, I, I started with a track called No I Sol, No Sun, No Sunshine, which for me was like starting with the thing that we fear the most nowadays is the world is ending. This is post-apocalyptic shit. You're starting with there's no sun and you're there and you're in Miami and there's no sun. Imagine people don't know what to do. It's the end of the end, but it's also a place where you can start from, from those ashes. And I started to, I wanted to start with that like drama to set the tone and start this journey, which is the album, which is a journey from darkness to sunshine. So now we're going to listen to No I Soul and the rest of the album. So hope you like it and thank you for listening.
supper. And somebody was having it. I had that night, that Saturday night, and he was on his way back home that Sunday morning. And he had to stop by our house and get a cup of coffee and stuff.
Hope you enjoy it again. Rewind yourself. Hope you enjoy it again. Rewind yourself.